Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. Hello and welcome back to the Human Technology Podcast. After my little Christmas uh, winter break that I took, this is the first episode of 2024. Is it still okay to wish you a Happy New Year? I'm recording this on January 25th. So, yes, all right, uh, it's the first episode in 2024, and so Happy New Year to all of you. I'm happy that you are back here, and um, the new year will we will face many, many challenges in the human technology area. I wish you all the best, all the energy, all the power that you need to do your job, to fulfill your dreams, to move to the next level, and I will be happy to... Support you. My plan for the new year is to keep on going with the Human Technology Podcast to deliver every second week a uh, an episode to let you know what I think, to pull you into my way of thinking, acting, and and working, to inspire you. This this is my plan for for twenty twenty four as far as this. Podcast is uh, con concerned. As I promised in the last episode uh, from early mid-December, I will talk about the CES, the Computer Electronics Show that happened every year, that happens every year in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm planning three episodes on this one. Today I will talk about the general trends. What I have seen, I have identified five technological trends and then I will talk about uh, two more things that um, yeah, came to my mind and that uh, I see also as a trend beyond the technology that uh, I, I have seen. The next episode then will be on the products. And then one after I will talk about the questions I took home. When, when, when you are there, there's a lot of inspiration in Las Vegas. There's a lot of things that um, keep my brain going. And I take away a lot. And amongst those things that I take away from, uh, that I take back home from Las Vegas are questions. And so I will talk about the questions I have since I have been there in Las Vegas. So today it's all about the trends, a bit about the CES in general. 
I I'm there since well, since I started my business 2016 every year there was one online which was 2021 so in 2020 there was a regular one then 2021 100% online version of it and in 2022 there was a clearly reduced um CES. Um, there, there was the Omicron variant of Corona fresh and uh, many companies pulled out short term. And um, yeah, it was a pretty strange one. Looking backwards, I'm, I'm happy that I experienced that to value what we have now. And last year, 2023, um, was something like a return to the normal. And now in 24, we are back to former glory after the challenging era of, of uh, Corona. We had uh, 2.5 million square feet, which is about 250,000 square meters overall on the shows, all the booth, which is a 15% increase from 23. 4,200 exhibitors, about 1,100 of them being uh, startup companies, a lot of innovative uh, products and an audience of clearly more than 135,000 attendees from 150 different countries. So th those are the, the rough figures. What uh, surprised me a bit was the strong return of China at the uh, CES. I mean, there are these, these frictions between uh, the US and China on, on trade issues. But over 1,000 Chinese companies showed up, which is more than double the number of 2023. Some of the very big players like uh, Huawei or Alibaba were not present. That is based on the legal situation we have in the US. But uh, other companies like Hisense uh, and, and many smaller production-oriented, parts-oriented, uh, but also technology-oriented companies out of China were on the show floor. The, the West Hall, since um, it was opened a few years ago, is always the focus point, uh, the main point of the automotive companies. About 600 different companies, some OEMs, uh, some car makers, uh, suppliers, technology providers, service companies, a wide variety. Some of, of the automotive companies uh, were in other halls. Uh, Honda, for example, was in the North Hall, just like Bollinger. Um, some, some smaller startups in the Central Hall. Um, there, there, I, I found Bosch. Um, they're not only automotive, they have a strong automotive focus and they're showing that. But um, they were um, in, in the central hall, just like my old friends from Harman. They were co-located or booth by booth, wall by wall, located with their parent company, Samsung. Samsung, as usual, huge booth in the central hall and Harman right attached to this for me this one was a uh, very special ces this year uh, because um, i was not only a regular attendee an industry affiliate uh, as it says on the name badges but also an exhibitor 
My friends, my client uh, from uh, the P3 group, they had a booth there and they offered their business partner the chance to present themselves on the booth, which means that I had a home base there. I yeah, I'd had the chance to invite uh, people I wanted to talk to, um, business partners, people interested in me, people that I'm interested in, to the booth, um, offer them a coffee and a water. We were able to sit down and, and have a chat and have a discussion. I found this very valuable and um, I had uh, more than two dozen uh, different conversations over the show. And <clears throat> sorry, most of them were extremely valuable for me. So, um, yes, let's let's get right into it. This uh, was on the show in general. Let's, let's talk about the major trends. And the thing I found out is usually I return from the CES having a pretty good impression on what's going on in the next years or in the next months or in the next time. This is not the case this time. So I, I have the feeling that we arrived at a VUCA world, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. So VUCA is, is uh, the trend of the moment, and I don't think it uh, will go away. So we have this highly agile, volatile world uh, where decisions are quickly made, where trends pop up and disappear, where other things remain surprisingly stable, and it's hard to foresee things. So if you talk to other people about what, what's happening at CES and what are the big trends, they make come up or probably they will come up with different things i have my view and i will talk about my view the things that i see and um, the things that uh, moved me that that the, the things that impressed me so number one trend and i think that is one where everyone will agree the the biggest trend is artificial intelligence you may be aware of the Gartner hype cycle. This is a theory which proved to be correct many, many times. There is a technology that comes out of nowhere, disappears, appears out of the dark, and then becomes more and more popular, gets more and more hyped, and then there is a peak in that where it is totally overhyped where everybody believes this is the only way we need to go and there's no alternative and so on. And then, then it suddenly drops down to almost zero. And after that, this technology, the attention of this technology, the hype on this technology, um, the, the relevance of this technology, then comes back to a, an appropriate level, to a mediocre um, middle level. And this is the Gartner hype cycle. And my feel is that artificial intelligence is right on the top of the hype cycle. So everything there was artificial intelligence. Everything that has some kind of code that may remodify it is somehow artificial intelligence. So the years before, it was the expression smart or it was the expression connected. And now everything is artificial intelligence. There were a couple of pretty strange applications there. For example, um, one of the big um, cosmetical companies, cosmetics company, had a mirror. You can look into this mirror and then the mirror gives you a recommendation of what kind of chemical you can put into your face to make you look good again. 
And surprise, surprise, all these suggested chemicals are out of the company, that one specific company. Then there is a cat door that you can install in your house, uh, which is also meant to be driven by artificial intelligence. And if your cat brings home a mouse out of the garden, this door will not open. So it will find out, hey, this is the cat that belongs in here. It's okay, but it carries a mouse, so it will not open the door. I don't have a cat, but I know that uh, cats bringing home dead animals uh, from the outside is... Something normal. Question is, is this really artificial intelligence? There were tons more applications that will have a real relevance in the future. The first and foremost trend or fact that uh, you see is that uh, the investment in OpenAI transformed Microsoft from a bit stinky, dirty, old man into a beauty queen within a year. So Microsoft seems to be present everywhere, including the fact that, for example, Volkswagen will use ChatGPT in all Volkswagen models starting late this year, early next year. And uh, yeah, this this will will be um, um, this is a sign, an indicator of of uh, this this uh, artificial intelligence uh, trend where we have. Artificial intelligence will, um, as some officials said it, hyper-personalize the user experience based on your personal preferences, based on your wishes, your needs, your thoughts, based on your past behavior, on the context you're in, on the use cases, the experience you will have in technology will be highly personalized. And this for me is one of the big game changers where we will experience artificial intelligence and we will see a change in the paradigms in HMIs in the near future. We, we used to have all this button pressing and uh, later on uh, the uh, central controller uh, HMIs and all somehow menu-driven. Today we have touchscreen paradigms. Uh, we have all these... Uh, widgets on top for direct manipulation of things. We have enormous amounts of space on dashboards. There are these pillar-to-pillar -pillar screens with, I don't know, 48-inch. And very a lot of direct access. We will have had multi-modality uh, in the past that was developed. And now the time is there that artificial intelligence will drive the HMI of, of cars, not only in cars, in any kind of technology, but <laughs> I'm having this, this car focus here. Um, that is, that is um, yeah, that uh, is, is an exciting thing. It will create totally new user experiences. And I believe that AI will allow the differentiation of brands and models so that, uh, yeah, the, the car makers can go out and say, hey, I have a specific behavior of my HMI based on artificial intelligence, which adapts somehow to you and personalized, but it will stay my own. And this will be a delicate balance and a huge challenge for professionals like me um, to uh, find the right way of doing this. I see the downturns, I see the problems that we will have there, 
but I also see the chances and the opportunities we're having in this. And to create a correct and working HMI based on artificial intelligence, that would be a real, real cool future for, for HMI designers. All right, so let's move on to the second trend, um, autonomous or transportation and working systems. Hyundai HD, for example, showed an automated, uh, fully automated construction machine, just like Bobcat uh, did it, a, a Doosan company. And this shows me that automation is on its way. Hyundai also showed, not Hyundai HD, but the, let's say, regular, normal Hyundai, showed a transportation system. Fully autonomous transportation systems, small robots about half the size of a fridge. They're driving around, doing things, collecting things, and then 10, 12, 15 of these are collected in one big mobile device about the size of a uh, big van. And that drives on the streets and then uh, it can release the small ones to, to drive the last meters or maybe the last mile. Um, so, so those office systems, I, I saw them, I mean, you know, had a, had, had a booth constructed around this. Uh, there were other companies showing similar things. Um, it seems like automation has reached a level where we can do things like this. In cars and on-road devices, level two is the standard. Level two meaning longitudinal and lateral control are done by the car, by the machine. The human needs to be in the control loop all the time. And we have a couple of uh, environments where this uh, works nicely and then and you can use this. Level three is um, pretty much the same, but uh, with the opportunity for the driver to pull him or herself out of the control loop. Um, that is more or less standard. Level two is on the roads. You can buy it. Level three is on its way. There are a couple of um, legal issues to be solved. Um, there is a bit of technology that we need to develop, but it's also there. there. Most car makers were on level four that you say, okay, um, we have... Uh, uh, we are targeting for level four at the moment, uh, which means that uh, the driver can pull out of the control loop for longer time frames. And that almost, almost all use cases on the road can be solved by the car itself, but the car will have a steering wheel and paddles. So that is the vision, that's the idea we're having. Plus the fact that, uh, for example, Zooks, they showed their fully autonomous uh, people mover. So the, the number of people mover was not as big as in, in the past years, in the past two years. But uh, a couple of companies were still there. I'm not really sure how far they are. And, and then Zooks, uh, the, the, the person at the Zooks booth I was talking to, was not really able to, to tell me in detail how far is it. Can we expect it on streets, on roads? But there are use cases that we have. Um, there are a couple of U.S. American cities where fully autonomous cars are on the road. So um, will be will be cool to see what what's happening next there and and what's going to be on the road in the next years. But we have this clear trend towards um, automation. And one other application of automation that I found pretty cool uh, was shown at the booth of Brunswick 
which is a boat maker, a yacht maker. And they showed their automated parking system for, for yachts. And I spent a lot of time down in Spain and in uh, Puerto Andrach, which is a harbor. Puerto is a port, is a harbor. And um, there are a lot of these super expensive uh, ships to be seen. There's nothing more embarrassing <laughs> than uh, seeing some millionaire, some billionaire, trying to park his uh, yacht backwards into a tight uh, uh, gap between two other boats. Uh, backwards, that's uh, the way you park a boat. It needs to be backwards so that you can leave it. And yeah, that, that, that's super embarrassing to see these guys and they're super hectic. And having an automated system there that does this for you, I think that finds a market. The market will be small, but um, there will be people that are ready to pay a fortune for that just to look cool when they get into a harbor and have their boat parked automatically. Third trend, um, automotive HMIs. And I have to talk about this, although there's not a real trend. There's nothing, not, not one buzzword or keyword that we have there. As far as, let's say, the traditional HMIs are concerned, as far as what you can see in cars, as far as what you can use, what you can interact with on your dashboard, we have reached a plateau. There were no, let's say, enormous amounts of innovation. There was not something that really blew my mind. I said, hey, I've never seen this before. I have seen all this before, what I have seen there. The technologies are very comparable. And we have a couple of architectures, of dashboard architectures, that will lead to different um, solutions. So we, we have this let's say, more traditional architecture with a display uh, behind the steering wheel that serves as a cluster instrument and a separate display on the center stack, which is more infotainment-oriented, maybe a passenger display. In addition, there are solutions with pillar-to-pillar -pillar displays where you have from a pillar left to a pillar right one display, one huge display that has this in segments, um, Vinfast, the, the Vietnamese um, startup OEM, they showed a solution with a head-up display instead of a cluster instrument and a tablet-style center stack display between uh, the front seats. So this is a number of architectures and they all have advantages and disadvantages. Um, there are combinations of that. Talk, for example, the um, Turkish car maker, electric car startup. Uh, they had a pillar-to-pillar -pillar display plus a separate display below it for certain functions. So we have this and what's happening on these, yeah, nice designs, beautiful to see, all good. But um, as I said, we have reached, from my point of view, a plateau of innovation as far as this aspect is concerned. The real innovation in HMI that is happening under the hood at the moment. I talked about AI, about artificial intelligence, and I can only say this again, this will have an enormous impact on the future of HMI design, the way we interact with technologies, 
that is there, the technology is there, we're trying it out and now the time is for the next year to find out where are the use cases, where are the designs, um, how do we make it safe, how do we balance it with all the needs that we have as human and cars. That is one point. Another point is that I see in, let's say, the underwear of um, the HMIs. Android Auto seems to be the operating system of the day, of the moment, of the year maybe. My friends of P3, they promote this. They have excellent solutions available. Um, they were showing um, both a motorbike HMI and a car HMI based on the same technology, same hardware. And then Android Auto, they have a special version of it they call Spark. Um, they use that for um, yeah, to demonstrate how, how good it is, how easy it is, that you can connect different displays. And there were other companies, um, also like a, a Volkswagen company, that showed pretty much the same. So it seems like things are happening there. Uh, yeah, that, 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 is, that is my view on this one. Um, one or two, two companies um, that announced HMI innovation, one was Volkswagen. They will integrate with um, the power of Serens, ChatGPT uh, into cars. And uh, BMW will have a, an Alexa version, a version of Alexa that uh, they will bring to the dashboards. Trend number four, that was a real interesting one. Case is dead. Welcome to AIDS. And with AIDS, I mean help, support, not this nasty virus that is still here on the globe. The case mantra was, to my own surprise, valid over wow, 10 years, almost, well, maybe even more than 10 years. And case stands for connected, automated, shared and electric. It was invented uh, uh, 10 years ago to indicate where the then-time future trends of automotive will be. And until uh, a year, year and a half, two years ago, I thought, hey, it is still working. It is still okay. It is still describing what we need to do, where the focus points are, what we should uh, focus on uh, in, in the automotive industry. That has changed. So connected is there. Every car is connected. Every new car is connected. We have all the technology ready. Um, we see the first applications pop up. I see a super high potential of creating new things, new user experiences, new services, of smoothing mobility in general, of, yeah, there with all this connected things, all the data collection, the data transfer, the data distribution, um, the data consumption of cars, making the car a part of the Internet of Things. There is a super high potential, but it is not a future thing. It is there. Now we, we have it more or less ready from the technology side. There will be improvements here and there. But on the very end, um, it is there, we can use it, and now we can develop the, the applications. Automated, from my point of view, remains the A in case for automated. There is a super high potential, and I see that uh, this will change the entire relationship between uh, a car and a driver. 
So we are grabbing right into the core relationship a human has with his or her vehicle. And yeah, so this remains. Then we have the S for shared. There are two things. There was not too much, if at all anything, at uh, the CES to be seen about shared mobility. This may be because it's a still US-focused uh, uh, show. It is based in the US. And sharing, vehicle sharing, from as far as I see it, as far as I feel it, is not that popular in the United States. And it's not that popular in Europe as well. Because um, I, I see all these car sharing companies struggling. Yes, they're having a, uh, a profit uh, in, in the last quarter or in the last year. And, but they invested billions into it. And, and uh, the return on the West is far away. And I see the number of companies uh, going down. Uh, they are cutting the areas of operation. So it seems like shared is not a focus anymore. Although, and this is again a, um, um, a takeaway that I have, there, there are no futures, there are no visions of a future city without shared transportation. So let's, let's, let's put this one on the side and see how it works. And electric, the E in case stands for electric. That is also there. This is not a future trend anymore. We have electric engines and whether they will come in the rhythm as expected. And we, we see that there are enormous problems with electric cars from the charging infrastructure to the charging times and the range anxiety that users have down to the point that uh, rental car companies, for example, do not have or try to get rid of their electric cars because a used uh, electric car has almost zero value because nobody wants to buy a second-hand electric car. And all this shows me there are still problems to be solved, but these are present problems. This is not a future. This is there that we have. So out of the case, the C-A-S-E, only the A uh, remains. And I want to replace this with, with AIDS. So A-I-D-S. A stands for automated. That remains. I stands for intelligent. Artificial intelligence is the mega trend of the moment, is the super hyped trend. And even after the Gartner hype cycle is run through and it is down to a moderated level of awareness and of, of hypeness, um, it will remain and it will change all aspects of um, how we use cars, how mobility is organized, how the development of uh, cars is done. So I, I saw an HMI tool that is based on artificial intelligence where you just say, hey, I want to have it in pink and I want to have on the left side the, the speedometer, on the right side some others, and then it puts you out 15 different designs. Yeah, so even there we have artificial intelligence. D stands for diversity, diverse mobility. We will see more and more vehicles, more and more objects, more and more artifacts that we used to move around. And there was the Bugatti booth where they had one of these 1,000 horsepower, 1 million 
euros, dollars, pounds uh, car standing. And right beside that, a set of scooters, electric scooters to stand on. And this for me was a great symbol on how diverse mobility devices will be. So we will have these scooters to stand on. We have the scooters to sit on. We have e-bikes. We will have uh, super small electric cars. We will have big electric cars. And some companies still think about flying cars. Um, so we will have a, a grow in the diversity of mobility devices. And... S stands for software-defined vehicle. I, I talked uh, in, in the last episode before Christmas about software-defined vehicles. The technology stands. The strategy is clear. Um, Sony and Honda, for example, have a corporation, a Sona Honda Mobility, I think is the company name. The car is called Afila, which is a... Yeah, it was a good-looking electric uh, large sedan shown for the third or fourth time in a row at CES. But it looks like they are getting towards serious, uh, more or less. And the, the strategy is that the car company, the OEM, Honda, will do everything that is connected to driving. From the tires, through the drivetrain and the brakes and uh, the aerodynamics and the crash tests the safety in there, the interior, the materials, um, all that is done by the OEM. And then there is a computing device, one single super powerful computing box somewhere in the car. And on that one runs software. And this software is programmed, is developed by, in this case, Sony or by a uh, software electronics focused company. And this is uh, the strategy for the future. It makes cars highly flexible. Um, you can use the same car and have totally different user experiences in that. I, I talked about this in the last one. Um, we're missing the use cases. And this is why I see that since technology is on the way, strategies are visible, we need to be very aware of what we do with this. How can we realize the, the potential? So case is that. Let's move on with Final technology trend I would like to talk about pretty briefly is sustainability. Um, hardly any booth of the big players without any focus on sustainability, reduction of carbon emissions, um, uh, saving uh, energy, reusable materials. Every now and then I had the feeling, hey guys, this is greenwashing. If you are at, for example, the booth of Samsung, and they tell you, hey, we are so aware of sustainability and we are super good in this. I say, hey, guys, just built long-lasting smartphones. Uh, if, if I have to buy a new one every two years, this is not sustainable at all. And you can save, and it doesn't matter whether these new smartphones are uh, produced with renewable energy or with traditional energy. It doesn't make any kind of difference. Um, so I see this as greenwashing, but it is a trend. And um, yeah, let's let's wait and see how this one will work out in the future. Although there were a couple of um, interesting applications, for example, Foresia or Forvia, as they're called now, they had seat cushions made out of one material. And that is easy to recycle then. And I find this is a pretty smart way of doing this. This is the beginning that we have there. I really like the idea. And I was sitting on the seat cushions and 
great feeling, no difference to anything else of these material combinations you are usually sitting on in a car. Very, very nice. All right, the, those were the technology trends um, that I have seen. Um, two more trends I would like to touch is, first of all, the shift in uh, exhibitors. There is still um, a serious number of car makers of OEMs presenting there. The, some of them are missing. So Stellantis, for example, did not show up. Audi did not show up. Um, they used to have huge booths there with a big presence. Toyota, I didn't see any of them. So they are not there anymore, but they are more and more startups. New players like Talk, like Vinfast, like Bollinger. Um, that is a shift that is visible. And mobile machinery plays a growing role. So John Deere, Caterpillar, Bobcat, uh, my client Wirtgen, um, they are making uh, machines that I used to, to build roads, to build streets. Yeah, the boat builder Brunswick, I already mentioned uh, this company. They are more and more present there. And if you look back, the, the consumer electronic, I mean, it's a consumer electronic shows. That was used to show TVs and record players and DVD was presented at CES. So we consumer products. And so the car was new uh, a couple of years ago. And now um, it seems like uh, there's even more mobility devices that show up there. And then uh, I see this swing in innovative power between OEMs, uh, car makers on one side and the suppliers on the other side. This is visible every year and it analyzes every year. And at the moment, it seems like the innovative power is clearly on the supplier side, maybe even more on the software services company's side. They bring it in and uh, let's wait and see next year. Uh, if the OEMs come back, if, if they take over, if they have real innovation, innovative power in there, or if we have a longer phase with innovations brought in by suppliers and service companies. All right, and the final one I would like to talk about. If there is light, there is also shade. When there is sunshine, there is also shade. Uh, my biggest disappointments. One is my old friends from Harman. Um, they used to have their booth in the Hard Rock Hotel, a couple of miles away from uh, the convention center. And it was always a invitation-only booth. So you had to travel there and you had to have an invitation to get onto the booth. I managed to get on there a couple of times since my client uh, Rinspeed. Uh, presented there and they organized uh, me the, the invitation so that I could get on there. And it was always super interesting, highly interesting stuff this company is showing. Really innovative, really cool, um, great stuff. Now they moved to the central hall. So they're on the convention center side by side with the, Sony, uh, with the, with the Samsung booth. And I expected them to, to be open, to, to just get in, like on the Samsung boot, uh, booth, uh, you, you can get in there, you can see the things they have there, the staff there you can talk to, and I expected the same from Harman. And I was deeply disappointed, same thing like all the years before. No, sir, this is invitation only. 
All right, why do they show up at the CES, pay an enormous amount of money, and they then they, they, don't, they don't show what they have? Now, I understand that they say, hey, we want to have a closed area. We want to have a safe home base. But a model like in the mornings, it's closed. In the afternoons, it's open to public. That could be something um, that could be a solution. So deeply disappointed that uh, Harman has an invitation-only booth. BMW used to have one of the most exciting booths in the past year. It's always like an art exhibition, almost like a museum, highly innovative. Um, they're, they're located on the central plaza. They built a tent there or some kind of uh, temporal building. And um, they then showed exciting cars, new technologies. Last year it was the new class, the Neue Klasse that they presented with um, this foil on top that makes car color changes. The year before that, something similar um, they had interactive art in the past years on the booth. It was always a super, super cool experience to be there. This year, it looked like some small town Christmas market. So they had a couple of booths in the central plaza, a couple of cars and a bit of technology. And yes, a couple of things were cool. But the booth itself, the message it sent is, uh, sorry guys, we don't have the money anymore to make something really cool. What they did, and highly appreciated, you still could go there, grab a free coffee and a free snack and some water, um, like in all the past years. And um, that 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 uh, was, was something I, I really liked. Pretty much the same for Mercedes. They presented MBOS, uh, MBOS, MBOS, the Mercedes-Benz operating system. And yes, it's hard to, to present software. And, and they selected a good uh, way of doing that by putting in a stage and having professionals there talking about this. Then uh, additionally, they showed uh, a uh, show car for the next CLA or prototype of the next CLA, um, then uh, the electric G-Class and then EQE or EQS, some of the big electric uh, sedans they're having there. That's all. And I heard a rumor, but it's a reliable rumor, that uh, the budget of Mercedes for, for the CES was cut down dramatically, down to a point where they thought about not showing up at all. And you can see this. And these two booths deeply, deeply disappointed me instead of um, yeah, being exciting and grabbing the mind of the, of the visitors. It was just like, okay-ish. All right, so far on the trends, on what I have seen um, there. That brings me down to the end. Let's summarize this uh, episode. So I talked about uh, the trends that I have seen at Las Vegas at the CES. It's uh, number one, artificial intelligence. Definitely the biggest trend of CES this year. Autonomous transportation and work systems meaning more than just automated cars, but complex systems, uh, construction machines. My view on automotive HMIs, the surface is on a plateau. Technologies seem to develop. Case is that we really need to, we need to replace it with eights. 
Sustainability was a big thing. And then the two more points, uh, shift in uh, exhibitors and the biggest disappointments that I had. If you are interested in more detailed information, let me know. I have compiled a report as every year on uh, the CES. You can get your free copy. Just send me an email, get, approach me through social media, through LinkedIn. Um, you can, may use podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Um, just send me a message. Uh, you will get right away your PDF file with my report on what I saw at this year's CES. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Tune in next time, take care and stay healthy.